So as Martin comes to uh, to speak, we're having a reading from Luke 11, starting at verse 5. Then he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend, and he goes to him at midnight and says, friend, let me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine has a journey and has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. Then this one inside answers, don't bother me, the door is already locked, and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him his bread, because he is a friend, yet because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For anyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a, um, a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you were evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Lord, we thank you for your word. This is the word of God, and we thank you and we bless you for it. And so, Lord, as we come to here now, that passage explained to us, opened up to us. Lord, open our ears and hearts and our minds to know more of your Holy Spirit, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. I'm going to be bold. There's... There's a spirit in the room which is not right. I'm feeling it's slightly oppressive. And um, before, we, before I preach, I'm just going to ask that one or two of you would, would just break the, the, the hold of... There's an apathy. There's a kind of indifference. And uh, I just would one or two of you just, just lift us as a, as a church family before the Lord and just ask God to break through that we might be open and receptive to his word. And just... I can just feel it. Um, we got a mic. Who's got the mic? Thank you. If you're perhaps perhaps if you're somebody who's been feeling that this morning, um, would you pray um, for breakthrough this morning in the in the heavenly realms? I, I know there's one or two of you who are feeling it. Yeah. Um, Lord Jesus, we come before you as a congregation to pray for breakthrough mm. in the heavenly realms. Yes. Oh, Jesus, just come and just fill this place. Yes. But breakthrough, breakthrough that apathy that we have, yes. breakthrough that reluctance to listen or mm. keep awake. Lord, just really fill us all with your Holy Spirit and mm. don't let anything come into this room while Martin is preaching mm. that, will, that will stop him. Lord, we just bind this spirit of whatever is in this room right now and we all do it out those doors right now in your precious name. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Yes, Lord. 
Heavenly Father, we have an authority in Jesus' name. Mm. And we take that authority this morning yes, Lord. to come against anything that would seek to undermine your purposes for us being here, yes. which is to worship you. This is sacred ground, and we claim it for you, Lord. And we just pray that you will, you will move amongst us by your spirit and stir us up and receive more of your love and your joy yeah. in our lives. That, Father, we have a passion to hear your word this morning yeah. spoken from you through Martin. Oh, Lord, we just want to claim that authority and push back any any undermining thoughts of apathy or um, yeah. disregard for what's going on or routineness or whatever it is, Lord. We just push back against it in Jesus' name. Yeah. And we do want to take that authority here now, today. Amen. 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 Raise the drawbridge. Amen. Break through the chains that Amen. If the holy fire of God blasts through the darkness, Lord, may your fire light this room. Yes. Of every corner, every little dark cranny will be lit by the power of your spirit. To drive out all the elements of darkness that wish to drag down and oppress. So, Lord, may, may your fire burn yes. in this place today in our hearts and in our minds. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord, may your perfect love drive out all fear in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, what do we owe you? You've created this world which is at the temperatures that we can stand. It has created food for billions of people all these years. It gives us the facility to clothe us, to feed us. What else could we ask for, Lord? You've created everything and we owe you everything. Yes. Bless your name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Great. Um, I was inspired a bit by, I was, I'm going through a, an audio book on Spurgeon at the moment, and uh, <clears throat> Spurgeon actually stopped a prayer meeting, and uh, he, got, he got people to pray because he just felt that the, the meeting was too sluggish, and uh, he, he took authority in the name of Jesus, and uh, got people to pray out and sometimes you can sometimes we have to be a bit bold don't we and sometimes if we feel that there's an oppression we have to we have to take authority in Jesus name and break that oppression and and I'm not surprised because look at the topic look at the topic boldly asking for the gift of the Holy Spirit the one thing Satan would love is that we don't have a thirst to ask for the Holy Spirit. The one thing Satan would love is if we don't desire to ask to be filled with the Spirit. Satan does not want Spirit-filled, joyful Christians 
walking around in their families, workplaces, neighborhoods. They're a nuisance to Satan because they spread light, they spread joy, they spread hope. They boldly speak about Jesus. So he'll do everything he can to stop us from hearing, receiving, and being filled with the Spirit. He'll put all kinds of strange thoughts into our minds like, I don't like this topic, or, or I feel a bit uncomfortable with this topic. All that kind of nonsense that goes on. But in Jesus' name, we rebuke that nonsense. And we say that we have thirsty hearts for more of the Spirit this morning, don't we, church? Yes. That we're hungry and thirsty for more of the Spirit in our lives. Because the Spirit is good, right? Yes. The Spirit is God's gift to us. Yes. And the Heavenly Father knows how to give good gifts to his children, right? Yes. He's not going to give you a snake or a scorpion, if you ask, is he? So is the Holy Spirit a snake or a scorpion? The Holy Spirit is a good gift, right? The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead, of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And he's the greatest gift that we can receive as disciples for living this life. Do we believe that? Amen. That's a good start. Now we can do business. What I love about these gifts is these gifts are an expression that we have a generous God, aren't they? We have a God who loves to give gifts. The greatest gift that God has ever given is the gift of himself in Jesus Christ, who gave up the glory and majesty of heaven, who emptied himself of all but love, entered into this world and gave himself on a cross to pay the penalty for our sins. And as a result of that amazing gift, we have the gift of the Holy Spirit living in us. You see, Jesus didn't stay on the cross. He rose from the grave and he ascended to the right hand of the Father. And from the right hand of the Father in heaven, he is the conquering victorious king who pours out victory gift. And that victory gift is the Holy Spirit. You see, when ancient kings went to war and they were victorious over nations, they would bring back spoils of victory. And in a victory parade, the kings would share the gifts that they had taken from the people that they conquered with their own people. And you see, when Jesus ascended back to heaven, he gave the victory gift of the Holy Spirit to all who believed on the day of Pentecost, right? That's his spoils of victory. Jesus is the king who is victorious. He's the conqueror over sin and death and Satan. The Holy Spirit is God's good gift to you from the risen and conquering and victorious Jesus, who is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Sounds good to me. I better take a look at the passage. Um, Only because I took time to prepare it, and uh, I don't want to waste some preparation. Jesus tells two parables, um, the first of which is a bit tricky for us to understand, because we don't have Near Eastern um, hospitality. 
you're from South Africa, you might get a little bit closer than us to understanding this parable. But in our European Western culture, we don't get this parable. Don't understand it. Doesn't make any sense to us at all. But let's have a go at trying to understand it. Okay? In ancient Near Eastern culture, people were duty-bound to offer help and hospitality to anyone visiting the village at any time of day. Two in the morning, three in the afternoon, it didn't matter. If you refused to show hospitality to someone, you didn't just bring shame on yourself, you brought shame on your family and on the whole village, right? In our culture, if we hear someone banging on the door in the middle of the night, our heart races and we're afraid. Um, we might answer the phone, but we're not going to answer the door. There may be good reason for that. We may, it may be dangerous to answer the door, quite frankly. We might answer the phone, but we probably would, but we won't answer the door. But in the parable, someone bangs on his neighbor's door at midnight. And in that culture, you all slept in one room. So if you woke up one person, the whole family woke up, right? But they didn't see kids as the ultimate thing of waking up. Hospitality was the ultimate thing. In our culture, you wake the kids, my goodness, you're in trouble. In that culture, hospitality trumped everything else. Didn't matter if you woke the kids, because you were duty bound to answer the door and give your friend the loaves that he needed to offer to his friend. The story is pretty simple. A friend, uh, a visitor shows up at someone's house and he says, this is at midnight and um, his friend doesn't have anything to give him. There's no Tesco 24 hour express, doesn't exist. So he's got nothing. So he thinks, right, I've got to offer at least three loaves of bread to my friend who's visiting because that's what you do in that culture. So he goes and knocks at midnight on the door of his neighbor, the neighbor comes to the door and he says, look, my kids are all tucked up in bed. It's really inconvenient. If I get up now, I'm going to disturb the whole household. But even though he won't give him the food out of friendship, he will give him the food because of shame. You see, if he doesn't give him the hospitality, the bread that he needs, he's going to bring shame on himself, the family, and the whole village. That was how it worked. We don't get this parable. It doesn't make any sense to us at all. So let's put it in our contemporary situation, okay? Your wife, imagine you're a, you're a man, you're, is, is um, needing to go to hospital to give birth. Your car won't start. All right, some of you may have been here. So what do you do? You phone a friend. Two in the morning, but you've got to get out of the hospital. So you phone a friend. He picks up the phone. He says, oh, I would help you. Because, you know, the car keys are in the kid's bedroom. And if I go in there, I'm going to wake them up. It's really inconvenient. I don't want to wake the kids. But he's going to do it, isn't he? Because if he doesn't do it, it'd be shameful, wouldn't it? Can you imagine going to, you'd going to the neighbours and saying, do you know, my mate wouldn't give me his car keys so that I could drive my wife to give birth in the hospital because he was afraid of waking the kids up. Can you imagine how shameful that would be? 
That's the equivalent story, isn't it? Of course you would get up. That's, what, that's the whole point of the parable. Jesus is saying to his disciples, of course you'd get up and give them the bread. So how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? If you, though you are evil, if you, though you are um, of mixed motives, and sometimes we only do things because we're afraid of the consequences if we don't do them, let's be honest, we don't always do things from pure motives. How much more will our Father, who is perfectly loving and good, give good gifts to his children? Isn't that amazing? Wow. What's the ultimate gift that he gives Christians to help them live? The Holy Spirit. Wow. So we're to keep on asking, keep on seeking, and to keep on knocking on the door. Do you know why we need the Holy Spirit so much? I, I have, I'm 20 years into ministry. The Holy Spirit has become to me, and I'm sure it's the same for you, the most precious gift I've ever, well, I can ever imagine. Do you know why? Because the Holy Spirit gives me joy. Holy Spirit puts a fire in my belly. And makes me want to get up on a Sunday morning, run in the building, put my hands in the air and worship Jesus. Right? The Holy Spirit gives me strength and power to go on running this race when I don't feel like it. The Holy Spirit gives me power in prayer to see breakthrough when things are not being answered. The Holy Spirit gives me a desire to fast and pray when I want to see breakthrough in answers to prayer. The Holy Spirit makes me bold in talking about Jesus because the Holy Spirit gives me a love for Jesus and I can't stay quiet. Um, I'm not looking at anybody. If you're in love with someone, you're going to talk about them, right? I hear people talking about football teams that they love. Why don't we talk about Jesus? We talk about football teams that we love. We talk about films that we love and books that we've read, hobbies that we've got that we love. Why are we so reticent to talk about our greatest love, which is Jesus? Oh. <laughs> Afraid of the persecution. Perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. When we love Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit, we'll get over the fear and the reserve and the reticence. We won't be able to stay quiet because we love Jesus and we want others to know him and to love him. The Holy Spirit gives us joy and strength in the face of struggle, trial, and difficulty. That's what he does. Is anything that I'm saying kind of making you think, oh, this is a bit of a weird gift? It would be like saying, well, um, you know, I've got this, uh, this new thing that runs on electrical battery, but I don't think I'm going to run it because, um, you know, I just like the look of it and it's okay as it is. Why would you do that? 
you get the batteries, you put it in there, you make it work. The Holy Spirit is the power, the energy, the life, the joy that we need as, holy, as Christians to live this life. I've started, um, uh, every day now, I pray to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I hope you do too. I can't do without the Holy Spirit. I am a middle-aged, potentially grumpy man <laughs> who needs the power of the Holy Spirit in my life more than ever. Right? We are, we are weak, fragile people who need God's power. We're supposed to be filled with joy and light and peace and love. I don't know if you're anything like me. Sometimes you're not all of those things, right? So doesn't it make sense that we should ask for the Holy Spirit to help us be those things? I've gone off script. In case you're wondering. I'm started. I've not started. Sorry. And Jesus tells a second parable, doesn't he? You know, which of you fathers, if his um, son asks for something, gives him a, a snake or a scorpion? Um, none of you are going to give your children a snake or a scorpion. None of you are going to give somebody, a child, something that's harmful or not good for them. So how much more then will your father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? God will answer our prayers. He gives us lots of other good gifts. But why does Luke mention the Holy Spirit at the end? A lot of people miss that bit. But in verse 13, it says, How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I'll tell you why. Because the Holy Spirit is the ultimate gift for Christians living a joy-filled life of obedience. None of us can do without being filled with the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. If you want to be a bold witness for Jesus, if you want to be filled with joy, if you want passion for worship, if you want fire in your belly, if you want to know God's love and peace in your life, you're going to need to ask for the greatest gift every day of the Holy Spirit. Am I wrong? The Holy Spirit makes the difference. That's why I love the Alpha Away Day. In the Holy, of the Holy Spirit that they had yesterday. That's why I love that day. Because it's the day when people realize that God is real, he's powerful, and he loves them. And they get filled with his joy and presence. Don't you just want more of God's joy in your life? Some of you don't look sure. Some of you are going, mm, I don't know if I want joy. Don't you want more peace in your life? Here it is, look. There it is, the banner. Don't you want more of, these, of this fruit in your life? Are any of these things harmful things? Are they good things? Anybody need more boldness and power for witness? Amen? Anybody need more joy? Amen. Anybody want to be more effective witness for Jesus? Anybody want to know more of God's love? Oh, this is good. I like this. This is, this is getting more Pentecostal. I love this. This is what I dream of. 
you know, I'm doing a course, I'm studying Pentecostal and charismatic traditions. It's a privilege. I, I long for the day when, when I'm in front of a congregation that actually responds. And God started to move here this morning. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit is good. We've been singing, you are good, you are good, oh, oh. We've been singing, you're a good, good father, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am. Wow. I'm a loved person. I'm loved. I'm secure. I'm a child of God because the Holy Spirit lives in me. Wow. Oh, yes. God is good. And as our loving, perfect, good Heavenly Father, he wants to give us the greatest and ultimate gift of his Holy Spirit so that we can be filled with this fruit. <coughs> Satan doesn't want spirit-filled Christians. Are we going to give Satan what he wants? No. Amen. So what are we going to do? We're going to ask for more of the Spirit. We don't want Satan having his way, do we? Amen. I'm keeping it really simple here this morning, in case you hadn't noticed. Because I think God has a very simple and direct message for us this morning. We need to be open to receive more of the Spirit so that we can look like this. We can look like Jesus. And we can boldly witness for him. Some of you spoke about being too shy. Well, the Holy Spirit wants to fill you so you're not shy. Right? Holy Spirit's about transformation, change. We all have different personalities. Some of us are loud. Some of us are quiet. doesn't matter. We can all speak for Jesus. Would you stand with me? I'm just going to ask the Spirit to come and uh, fill us. This is, this is your own prayer. This is your own prayer. Mike gave a prophetic word earlier about, are you thirsty? I want to repeat that. Are you thirsty? If you are thirsty, why don't you cry out this morning to be filled with the Holy Spirit, that life-giving water, the water of the Spirit, might flow within you and well up to eternal life. So do that now. Spend some time just either out loud or in the quietness of your own heart, just asking for the Holy Spirit to fill you. And if you don't have that thirst, why don't you now ask the Holy Spirit to give you a thirst for him, even before you ask? So let's, uh, let's do a bit of business with God in our own hearts. Let's ask him to fill us and to give us a thirst for him, for his spirit.